A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Any harmful myths that keep them occurring for you? People with additional needs, special needs, they just need more discipline. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So you see a child who's not neurotypical and you expect them to sit quietly and they don't. Um, And they look at the parents and mother or the father and people say things along the lines of, oh, you should just, um, you know, discipline them. That's why they're they're going off the rails. They're not going off the rails. It's just that the way they understand the world is very different from how you understand it. For example, my daughter, I love, I'm a, very, I'm a social butterfly. I love going out, like, like meeting people, but she can't stand the party. You see that, that noisy background with music blaring, everybody going around and she won't thrive in that kind of environment. So if I put her in that kind of situation, she's probably going to start shouting or just get really uncomfortable. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. Delighted to have Tutu here with us tonight. Tutu runs the Page Black Special Need Parent Support Network with her partner. Welcome to the podcast, Tutu. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Fama. Lovely to meet you, you both. You're welcome. Thank we you. also have a Fama here, the tribe coach, life coach for mothers, and Dope Black Mama 3 podcasting with them today. Hey, hey. Right, so Tutu, the Black Special Needs Parent Support Network. How did this all come about for you? It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> but <you're> just, <laughs> let's but let's I, be honest. But <laughs> you do what you say on the tin, don't you? You do. Yeah, it. and that's why we've chosen that name because um, we it's don't. Direct. We want to make sure that people identify it for what it is. So that if anybody stumbles, say we chose a name like Butterfly, for example, um, might not really know what what that what exactly that covers. So we mm-hmm. thought we'll go for the long name so everybody knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So we started um, at the beginning of the first lockdown. Okay. Um, so we're going into lockdown um, and um, we have been thinking about creating some kind of platform. When I say we, I mean me alongside the other co-founder, Kenny, who was my husband. And we've been thinking about, we have a child with um, a profound, should I say, severe learning disabilities and physical disabilities as well. And we've been thinking about having a platform for black families. And um, in the same situation, and when lockdown was starting, we thought, okay, maybe now is the time. Let's create a page and just put information out there in case people are at home, they want somewhere to go, quote and unquote, go. Um, And that's how we just started putting information out. So prior to that, we are active in a few other special needs parent family groups. But we noticed that when we're in these groups, um, especially the one for our daughter's um, condition, which is a chromosomal deletion called 1P36, um, where 
the only black family there. Right. So they're lovely people. And this is where we go for information, signposting. But, that, but we have one other black family, I believe, but we've actually never met them. Mm-hmm. So uh, we thought, wouldn't it be nice? Firstly, we asked ourselves the question, why do we not have black families mm-hmm. joining this support group? Because we know how helpful it's been for us. Um, so first question we ask ourselves is the why, and then we thought, well, why don't we do something about it? So beginning of lockdown, we created that page. Um, we cool. didn't even think, we didn't know that there were going to be lots of people in, interested. Yeah. I spoke to a few fr- of my friends and also the person I would call the founder of our 1P36 group. Shout out to Becky Rosten. She's amazing. And mm-hmm. I said to her, and this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? She said, oh, yeah, you must do it. Do it. Just do it. I said, you're a white woman. Are you going to be offended? <laughs> you know, if you see that, you know, this is a group for black it's parents. Just for parents, right. Just for black, you know, parents or parents uh, raising black special needs children and she said absolutely not i think it's needed um and people are like probably the best people to do it and well that's done. how we started amazing well done for taking action when Thank i you. when i came across your page can i be honest i oh and I, I, tell me <laughs> tell me well, <laughs> um so th- this may be my own fear but okay. I feel awkward by saying special needs. Yes. Is w- what terms, obviously you do use special needs as a term. That's the term you feel comfortable. Do, does everyone feel comfortable with that? Are there any other terms that we could be using? What, what, what's, the, what's the lowdown in the community? What do people like? There's no one thing people like. Okay. So some people don't like to use special needs. Some people prefer additional needs. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, some people prefer disabled. Okay. Disability. Okay. So, so they're different terms. So okay. different. Some people prefer yeah, different disabled. Mm. Um, so I think it depends on how you feel about it. Really, we've mm-hmm. gone with special needs because we want to recognise that, and all of this is valid i'm not against using any of any of those terms at all but uh we've gone with special needs because we wanted to recognize the fact that if you're raising a person who has a disability they have all the needs that what you would call a neurotypical child has Mm -hmm. and then on top of that they then have needs related especially for their condition okay and that's why we've gone with that so we, we had to choose it. We had to choose one. We've got to go with something. Yeah. Go with something. So some people don't like special needs. Some people don't like to use the term disabled. Some yeah. people don't like to use, some people prefer to say additional needs, but mm. I respect all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to get drawn into the, which one's best. And, you know, some people, I don't want to get drawn into all of that. The, mm-hmm. the, the focus should be, these are people who have these needs, whatever we choose to call them. How do we support them? That's the discussion That's I want to That's have, exactly. Yeah. Now that you've started your page, you've also got the Facebook page and group. Yes. How does it feel? So you've now, like, you found one other family. Now you have a whole community. What's that been like? Uh, it's amazing. Aww. So <laughs> it's a, so when we started, we weren't even sure, you know, how much interest we're going to have or whether we're going to get lots of hate. 
Yes. Um, mm. Thankfully, must, I can imagine that's a real fear. Yeah. It is, especially with your negativity coming. Yeah, with your Black Lives Matter thing yeah. going on, and we just didn't feel we were thinking maybe we might have people that will come and say oh no this is another thing for black people again mm-hmm. um mm. thankfully we haven't been at the receiving end of any negativity at all and i'm really grateful yes. for that i mean if we if it's happened we haven't seen it which is good and we are families that follow us that are white asian all ethnicity and everybody's been really positive so that's good um how do i feel about it i just feel really grateful You've done for that. those yeah. yeah for those people that have actually joined yeah, um that actually true. follow that like the posts and i'm like okay i think it was yesterday i was looking at the number of um followers and i didn't even read last time i checked it was 200 and now we're almost up to 500 wow. and i'm thinking i didn't even where did these people come from yeah. and all the dms and i'm just really grateful and i'm just you know happy that there's there is a space where families feel like they can come to where they belong um and they can share things with us privately and also publicly on the page uh, and people are quite very forthcoming well i say thank you so much for taking action and just actually doing it because it's Mm -hmm. i know it's not easy obviously running anything outside of life as out of all the life having you have to try and keep it up and also not sure if you feel any slight pressure in a good I do. Way. Yeah, Huge. I can imagine. I Huge. can imagine. I can Huge. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so I salute you. It's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight to take on. Yeah. From your community. Are there any common themes, any common worries, questions that yeah. come up? Quite, there's quite a few things. Um, so there is the, the financial, which I think is huge. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if somebody has a a child with additional needs, there is the disability tax. It's not tax that the HMRC will take from you, but it's the tax of your time, yes. of your money. Yeah. Um, you have to your yeah. energy. You have to think about the how do you you know make ends meet, for mm. example, financially, because most most of our parents. In, you know, for parents, two parent households, for most families, both parents don't work. If either one will go to work and one will look after the child or one, will, somebody will go part time. Right. That's a, there's a cost to that. Yes. So there's a the financial aspect where parents are thinking, you know, there's the pressure of how do I make this work financially? There is the pressure of their mental health as well. A lot of parents uh, already have the because of the uh, so caring for somebody is a full time job as it is. Um, so it, if you don't look after yourself properly, it can yeah. be all consuming. Yeah, and that can have a, an impact on your mental health. There is also the social isolation that you feel as well when you're oh. raising somebody, you know, a child or a young person with disability you have to make a conscious effort to socially interact because yeah. believe it or not, I mean, I have two children. One of them has additional needs. The other one is neurotypical. It's quite consuming in terms mm-hmm. of time, mm-hmm. looking after each one of them. So 
there could be social isolation there. And then there is also the additional layer of maybe if they're black parents, if they're already facing discrimination, direct or indirectly, racism, all of that, you know, That's stuff. A That's, that is so a it's way. a lot yeah. to do. So those are questions that come up. Those are issues. So people are looking for advice to say, I've gone to, I'm trying to access this service. I'm dealing with social services to, you know, access services for my child. I think they're just, you know, forbidding me off. What should I do? Where should I? Even for people to know what services are there, sometimes mm-hmm. because of that isolation, you don't know. Yeah. So it's or just have space questions. to think. I suppose you just got. Yeah. We, we life is so rich anyway, and I can imagine just the space to sit down and think, or do the research, or just the energy. Yeah, the energy, and also yeah. there's that there's there is also um, what I would describe as the invisibility, okay, of parents raising addition, children with additional needs people don't see you the services sometimes they don't see you you're just another person that has come you know to access a service sometimes so you kind of sometimes feel like they just look beyond you and all they see is the disability of the person you're caring for and no one's really listening understood, understood. so you feel invisible sometimes and if you think about everything i said there's which is just part of it it's just yeah. a layer on top of another yeah. layer on top of another layer yeah. so there's all of those things that common things the one that's really more i would say people might think is really morbid is a fear that it, from most of the parents i've spoken to and i have it as well is what happens when i'm no longer here what happens to this child oh that God. i'm caring for yeah 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 what do i need to put in place now can i afford to put something in place when I go, when I'm not going to be here forever, mm. if I pass before them, what do I, how do I ensure yeah. that they're going to, are they going to be okay? Are there people that are going to look after them? Yeah, that must be, I mean, that is a real fear. So with the questions that you were getting, did you find that you were also learning along the way? I know you had attended the support group where, um, you know, you were the other black. Um, family that was there but did you then find that actually as you created this Facebook group and then you've got all of these people joining and asking questions that you were also learning additional things along the way that was not given to you in that group every day yeah every day I feel like people look at it and think we've created this platform for people for others but I feel like in a way we've benefited (laughs) more from Mm. it than wow. you know than others because somebody will come and ask a question and i'll think actually i don't know what the answer yeah. to that is because i'm That's not right. i'm not a special needs expert yeah. so it's like okay let's go and find the answer unless i'm so in the process of signposting people i find that i'm learning along you know the process as well i'm learning a lot That's i'm amazing. doing more research yeah. That's amazing. i'm really ignorant in this area and i want to learn so okay. just just for me anybody else that's listening can you just tell me what conditions fall into what would be classified as special needs or additional needs or disabled or differently abled what all the terms that we're using what for what is it what's the umbrella okay this is the simplest way i can explain it so there are four let's assume that there are four broad categories on the okay. disability or special needs or additional needs whatever we choose to call it so there is communication and interaction does this person have challenges with their communication and how they interact with others 
if they do, that's one category. Okay. So and when I say communication, it's not just about verbal communication, it's nonverbal as well. Okay. So we need to bear that in mind. Second one is cognition and learning. Do they have a specific way of learning? Their understanding of the world, of themselves, or of the world around them. How would you assess that? Do they understand in a way what we would, in a way, a typical, should I say, neurotypical okay, person would understand it? Okay. And also, in terms of their learning, can they learn in the same way that a neurotypical person would learn, for example? So that's the second category. The third category is the social, emotional, and mental health. Okay. So if you look at their social interaction, the way they are able to em regulate themselves emotionally, if they're happy, how they express that, if they're sad, how they express that, or are they even able to express it? And then also their mental health, how they present themselves. So the fourth category is the sensory and physical needs. I think this is the one that's most obvious because um, people would see, if you see somebody that has physical needs, you that's would see them. You can see that straight away. So either they're in the wheelchair or they have some sort of um, the way their appearance is. Um, maybe they have what we might describe as a disfigurement of any part of their body. That's immediately obvious. Are they, do they have sensory needs? Okay, so those are the four broad categories of special needs. Now, under that four, those four broad categories, that's where all these conditions then falls into. Some conditions will fall into all four, some will okay. fall into two, some would be one. So mm -hmm. think about their communication and interaction, their cognition and learning, their social, emotional, and mental health, and then their sensory and physical needs. Okay. And in the safe space that you've created, have you found little splinter groups of parents connecting with children who have the exact same conditions? Are they like, like recognize like, oh, I've got this too, oh, I've got this too, and they can kind of share as well? Yes. So some, so you, so some um, conditions, I'm, I'll use this term loosely, popular than others. That's okay, because- common. They are more common because that's because the medical scientists, the, the doctors and the, you know, the medical people, they diagnose them more than others because, because they, and that's because they know more about them. So for example, right. cerebral palsy, autism, they know more about this type of conditions than they would of maybe a very rare genetic condition like uh, our daughter has, 1P36. It doesn't even have a name, it's numbers. 1P36 <laughs> chromosomal deletion, for example. So you would find that parents will have children will have cerebral palsy, would probably have more a lot in common. So you find them talking a lot to each other. What I also find quite interesting is that there are some um, presentation some conditions that kind of cut across a number of different diagnoses okay so although we might have different names your child might have autism might, might have cerebral palsy they might so in a simple way to describe it they might both have communication needs and yeah. they're seeing speech and language so even okay. though they're not the same condition but they're both having speech and language therapy 
right that so, is really interesting yeah so for on that so within that uh, community we tend to overlook the condi the name of the condition and just look at the needs Mm -hmm. okay. Because that needs might sense. be similar. Needs might be similar. We might both be at be going for speech and language therapy, but we like different conditions. Mm. And and just with the lived experience for all these conditions we're talking about, for all the medical professionals and practitioners that are helping you, all the speech therapists, everyone that gets involved, are there any are, are there a lot of black professionals that you're meeting? Or again, it's this mainly non-black no no unfortunately that's not another another that's that's another thing issue. we're having to counter yeah yeah so there are not a lot of um black asian professionals um mm. i mean my daughter is six so i've been in and out of hospital for six years mm. um and i have people who have older children we i don't actually think that she has any black professional really at the moment okay she has one black social worker okay yeah but um we don't have um we don't really have a lot of uh black people within that especially in therapy because a lot of special needs children would require lifelong therapy of some kind it might be speech it might be um physical yeah. physiotherapy or whatever i, I have yeah, there's not a lot of representation there. Um, I don't know why, but it's just how it is, I guess. That's a shame. Well, that'd be it nice is. to see to see that change. It would be lovely uh, because, for example, we have a Ghanaian social worker, and some things when I speak to her, she just gets it. I, I don't imagine. need to, I don't need to go into you're too much detail. The, I can imagine you start at the same base level, just like exactly. your support yeah. group. You haven't got a do all that. I haven't, yeah. and, and she can break some things down to me in a way that I would say, okay, I get it. I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, and I know it sounds really cheesy sometimes, but it's just how it is. She, not, that's not to say I agree with everything she says, or, or you know, I don't have to, you know, push her a lot of times to ask for more support. Mm -hmm. Um, but she gets where I'm coming from. She understands my home situation, so yeah. she knows. So I think that's something that you know needs to be looked into further. There needs to be an encouragement, you know, for young people, you know, from ethnically diverse backgrounds to go into, you know, working in special education needs, um, not just as doctors or as pediatricians, but there's so much, so much support that we require that it will be really good to have people who have that cultural competence yes, to be able yeah. to deal with to be able to deal with yeah. you know families to be able to support them yeah. um we're we not there at all uh, right. but hopefully in the future as things develop we would be there at some that, point yeah. i don't know yeah that would be great to see that would be great to see are there any myths that you get any any harmful myths that keep them occurring for you Oh, so many, so many. <laughs> I don't know. Where should I well, start? Maybe, maybe like the top five. Okay. So one of it is that, you know, people with additional needs, special needs, they just need more discipline. Ooh, oh, that's God. awful. Yeah. Oh, so no. you see a child who's not neurotypical and they maybe uh, you expect them to sit quietly and they don't. Um, and you, they look at the parents and or the mother or the father and people say things along the lines of, oh, you should just um, 
you know discipline them that's yeah. why they're, go they're going off the rails they're not going right. off the rails it's just that the way they understand the world yeah is very different from how you understand yeah. it yeah. so i do you... understand it's, it, it's not exactly the same but i'm i'm dyslexic and i do remember okay. getting constant feedback of you just need to apply yourself like yeah. you're really really smart but can you just just try harder or just not focusing or yeah you know, she's just being lazy yeah 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 so that's mm. that's not that's a myth um yeah and i wish people just stop doing that right now that mm. because it let's stop that yeah. it triggers the parents as well because yeah. you're basically saying to them you're not doing a good job yeah. mm -hmm. but you don't know what they're having to do with that child might be behaving in that way in that moment because there is there's there's too much noise around and they can't they yes. can't take yeah. it so for example my daughter i love i'm very i'm a social butterfly I love going out, like meeting people, but she can't stand the party. You see that that noisy background with music blaring, everybody going around, and she can't really. But she just she won't thrive in that kind of environment. Yeah. So if I put her, so if I put her in that kind of situation, she's probably going to start shouting or just get really uncomfortable. Yeah. So for people to look at me like sometimes not verbally, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but giving me that side eye of just do something i know it kind of reminds me of that einstein quote where um something like everyone is a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, climb a tree. it will live its life yeah. believing it's stupid yeah 100%. another one is um you know oh you don't you, there's nothing wrong with you you don't look disabled Ooh. oh now yeah. disability is a wide spectrum very wide and you don't someone might not look disabled it doesn't mean that they're not so it's not always visible so we shouldn't make assumptions when we see somebody that you know they're yeah. not they're not disabled good. i think that's good life etiquette I think we should never. Oh, make you, you would think, anything. right? Yeah. Yes, you I, think. I would think. You yeah, I would think. <laughs> I think it's actually common manners. You know, I think it's de human decency to not judge or come to any any assumptions. There's also an assumption about black people and our family networks that we look after each other. Okay. Which which okay. might not be the you know worst thing, but I think I find that it's very counterproductive to families raising disabled children, it, not just with, within our own community, but also for services where they believe that you've always got an auntie, you know, that's going to oh, help you out with your child. Oh, there's, no, there's no auntie around the corner helping you out with your child. So when you're having what you call a social care needs assessment, which is basically social worker would come to um, assess your family situation, they would actually draw a tree and ask you to name all the people network. in your support network. Yeah. And sometimes there's an assumption that you can always call on this auntie <laughs> to come and help you out. <laughs> and, rescue. Yeah. And I had to break it down to them. They actually know I don't have any auntie to stop the way. I don't have somebody hiding in the cupboard. Yeah. That's going to come and help me out. I need you social services to help me yeah. find yeah. care for this child to help our, our family so yes we have we might have lots of people but also 
these people that we have around us, are they able, do they feel able mm -hmm. to look after a child with disabilities? There is still a fear of, I don't want to get something wrong. So even people that you thought you might be able to rely on right. to help you out sometimes okay. are not able to do yeah. that. Mm. They don't mean anything. I mean, I don't, I, I try not to take it personally. It's right. just that number one, they've got their own life. And then number two, depending on what they, they've got their own fear depending on what yeah. the needs of your child they, they might not be really sure how to handle it and because of that instead of learning they stay away completely they step back oh, and that yeah. that's one less person that you can rely on yeah. so there's this myth that you know we've got this informal family network and if you think about it if you're from an immigrant um if you if you're an immigrant in the uk from an immigrant background even worse because maybe your family are in Nigeria or in Jamaica. So really, you're, they're not coming 6,000 miles away from 6,000 miles away to come and yeah. help you babysit for an evening. Yeah. Very isolating. So it's very yeah. isolating. So that, that yeah. myth as well. Well, um, I suppose, yeah, sorry, just thinking about that, for you just to, to have a night out and go to one of your amazing parties that you're talking about, you, yeah, you're going to have to get in specialized care is that what you're saying sometimes Childcare. sometimes okay. i have to i mean what i try to do is to find people who i can rely on what we, mm -hmm. we can rely on as friends who have shown an interest right and we invite people into our home a lot and that's one of the reasons is so that if anything happened and i have to go somewhere quickly and we have to go somewhere quickly we can call upon at least one person yeah to but then if they've not been around that child before you can't call them to just suddenly yeah. come and help you out for an evening no. it's not fair it's not fair to them because they're yeah. probably going to sit there very yeah. anxious well, I, I i couldn't do that now and i'm not dealing with additional needs exactly so, yeah. so within within the time where we're in a relaxed environment we invite our friends around a lot who have neurotypical children so that they can be around our child mm -hmm. they see her on the day-to-day -day. so it kind of demystifies the disability a little bit i know it sounds crazy but i sometimes have children like four five six children in my home i invite them around i invite them. so their parents will obviously come as well um just because we want to break down that barrier to say before you mm -hmm. look at her as a disabled person just consider her as a child first yeah, I don't think that sounds crazy. I think that's proper grassroots mission. I think that's really good. It sounds crazy yeah. because we've got six children going up and down. They're throwing things. <laughs> <laughs> There's Chris all over your floor. And you're like, who's going to clean up all this mess when you're gone? It helps them normalise it as well. You know? Exactly. They can that's exactly. As, you know, their friend that they play with. I think that's, that's excellent. It's really good. Yeah, that's exactly. So we norm we want to normalize the existence of that child to start with mm. um, and invite them in so they can see her when she's happy, when she's unhappy, so they mm -hmm. kind of understand a different so mood swings. Seeing her mm -hmm. as a whole person. As a whole person. So yeah. not just look at her and see the wheelchair or just look at the behavior sometimes, but look at her as a whole person. Mm -hmm. And then children are so good. This is my observation. 
no matter how young they are, they will clock on to the fact that this this child is different to us. Well, and I see them. Relentless, aren't they? Like, and I see them yeah. go and get toys so they can see that she is not mobile. So they go and get toys from oh, the toy box, oh. and they will say, "Does she like this? Or will she like that?" And oh, then they will say, and then I say, "Why don't you ask her?" Yeah. And see see which one oh, she chooses. The, the, the emotional intelligence is sky high, isn't it? Most yeah, adults are not so even intuitive. capable. No, yeah. I know. Most I know. adults are not even capable of that. And I think from well, there... Yeah, I, I think most adults have lived their life... I think the children are closest to the source. Yeah. And I think as we become adults, we have all this fear and distrust and all these layers put upon us. So the children are just getting straight to the core of it. They're just... No, exactly. Like, like, no, no, just don't ramp. They just go straight for it. And I love... I, I, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love children because they're, they're the real deal. Okay? They are. They, they are. say yeah. the things that we're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes without filter, but you just, <laughs> yeah. you just have to take it for what it is, right? They, yeah. And sometimes I see when they say, say something like, why, is it, why, why can't Olivia follow me? Why is she not walking? That's and so I see their parent cringe. Yes. Oh. Like, I see the look in their eyes like, oh, I'm going to kill this child. And I say, actually, yeah. no. Let's this talk is, about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. And then you use that time to explain. And you see the parents listening as well. Mm. What, what am I trying to get to is, is this one thing that I want people to just know is you cannot raise a child with additional needs in isolation. Yes. You're going to burn out. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm-hmm. Yes. You will burn out. Yes. Um, try and create a community of people around you. Let people in to see. It won't be everybody because some people, I mean, to be honest with you, some people can't be helped. But where you see people show a little bit of interest, take that as your way in. And just tell them a little bit more if they show a bit of an interest sometimes people are afraid to use the wrong words i look at it sometimes as the way white people deal with racism Mm -hmm. some of them avoid it completely because they don't want to say the wrong thing and then some don't want to use the wrong words sometimes but then occasionally you find somebody who will say something and you're like okay this is a moment where i can educate you yeah use that opportunity so I deal with it kind of in a similar way. I know it's not exactly the same thing, but I deal with it using kind of the same strategy is to educate people um, and just tell them a little bit more and then let them know what's your day-to-day. As time goes on, obviously don't give them all the information. It won't go. It might be too yeah. much. But then as time goes on, then you can then show them this is what we do. 
this is how she eats this is what she likes and that will make them a bit more comfortable so if that day comes when you need somebody desperately mm-hmm. to look at you can't find any care and you need that friend to sit in with your child or you need to drop them off while you quickly go somewhere it's not too awkward mm-hmm. for you and yeah. for them as well yeah i think listening to you talk are you when you get a moment to yourself are you just exhausted oh yeah i am yeah it it feels like so much on every level like i get that obviously you have a you have your job um you're a mother but all the additional things you may have to think about i think um on an emotional level when i'm hearing you i'm just thinking gosh the end of the day when you have a little moment of a little bit of peace to yourself it's not yeah it is exhausting so if you think about all the needs what i would say a typical mum would have to do yeah yeah i have to do all of that plus more but it's not all doom and gloom no of course not no i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just i I was just thinking of just sometimes physically yeah physically yeah self-care is top priority yes you yeah. have to look after yourself because otherwise you've got nothing to draw from. Yeah. And when, so when we say self-care in the special needs community is real, you, yeah. you, you can't skip it. Once you start skipping, you know, looking That's after yourself, it will show. Exactly. It will show. So you have to make sure that you're, you're looking after yourself as well. Mm. So that's not just about the, is the looking after yourself is the food you eat is taking time to you know get some fresh air is also taking time to get quiet moments yeah for to yourself prioritize yourself to prioritize yeah. yourself because if you don't look after yourself you can't you can't really effectively look as as somebody else and there's a lot of advocating that you have to do yeah there's a lot of paperwork that you have to do yeah. so you have to speak so so most times or sometimes your child can't speak so you have to think about your child and think if they could speak now what would they want and then Mm -hmm. you then have to be their voice so when you're speaking to social services when you're speaking to doctors consultants you have to be their voice and speak on their behalf Mm -hmm. so that all of it takes a lot from you so you have to make sure that you look after yourself as well Mm -hmm. i have so many questions. I'm not even sure we're going to have enough time to cover this. That's all but, right. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, Tutu, you're a mother of two, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. How how has it been mothering a child with additional needs, special needs, a disabled child, and a neuro neurotypical child? It's an interesting experience so if you think that i'll give you some context around that my daughter was four years old by the time uh, i gave back to our son so i've had four years of being just a special needs mom right and then i've then has a neurotypical child so now they're six and two there's a lot already that's a lot yeah that's a lot yeah six and two so so one of the first things that we noticed is that in terms of milestones the way my son just reached his milestone without any help 
it kind of brings it to the fore because you don't right. realize how much your you know disabled child is not able to do then you have this new person that's come and they didn't need physio to sit up mm. they didn't need any help to you know start crawling start walking start mm. talking they just did it no therapy no help nothing yeah. it was just second yeah. nature to them it kind of makes you feel sad yeah. in a way you're happy that they're doing it they're doing all these things but it makes you sad for the other child who had to have so many physio to be just to be able to sit up properly yeah. now once you get over that bit it's actually good because part of the positives is that when my son started doing all these things i felt like it was a bit of a push for my daughter as well Mm. because she wanted to also join in this is my brother this guy yeah. is just here you know taking all the toys and running off with them <laughs> you know like why can't I sometimes I can see I, I just watch I observe both of them and I can see I was fighting for our own space and actually the first day they actually saw them you know in a bit of a tussle of a fight I, sh- I knew I should separate them but I actually sat down and let him run his court <laughs> it actually made me happy to say oh so you're not gonna just sit there and just allow him do things to you then you would also fight for your own place I thought okay I didn't know you had it in you so yeah <laughs> I guess that's good in a way I love that you know, her, yeah you know her character comes out and yes. you know she's still showing you know she's you know she's an individual I'm, she has I'm an individual yeah. I can I can fight my own corner. I might not do it in a I might do it in a slightly different way. Different way um, yeah. But I can I can do it. So our daughter has um uh difficulty, you know, swallowing. So she has a feeding tube, but occasion mm. but occasionally she can have like oral taste and um you know mashed food and all that. When our brother started eating when he got off the milk and he started eating, we saw that she showed more interest mm. in eating orally because he's sitting at the table, he's eating his food, he's having plantain, he's having yams mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. So she's also like looking into his plate, like what have you got there kind of look. So we, I said, okay, I'll give you, I'll pass you a little bit of this. Let's see what you do with it. And that's how she started eating. Wow. That's brilliant. You know, so that's sometimes amazing. it's like, He's come along. Yes, he might, she might not be able to do all the things, you know, he can do, but there's some things that she would watch him do and think, okay, I'm going to have a go at that. So he has his, he has his positives yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy, but you have to remember. So what we have to remember is to make sure that individual needs of each child is still catered to. Yeah. So she doesn't go out much um because obviously she's gone to school and she's back she might be tired she might need a bit of a rest but we, we ensure that he has as much exposure to the outside as possible because he's very active so mm-hmm. we're not confining him it's easier for me to say oh both of you just stay home mm-hmm. you know because it's just easier for me to manage them under the same roof but just make sure that he goes out as well i mean get him a football and play in the garden and go to the park and sometimes take her along. She can just sit on a chair and just watch him run run up and down and she gets fresh air at the same time. So it's just to be aware of the need of each individual child and try yeah. as much. You're not going to get perfectly all the time, but that's okay. No one is expecting yeah. perfection. But I suppose just make... I think 
Yeah, I suppose as we're all trying to do if we have more than one child. I mean, I firmly we've got two yeah. children. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was just thinking it can be a painful experience just to walk through the world as a black child. Are there any additional um, additional weights coming from our community? And what I'm thinking is what I'm thinking specifically is comments. And again, for, correct me if I'm wrong or this is ignorant, but previously I've heard our community say things like witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is that still happening? It is. That's. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. still alive and thriving, unfortunately. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's some, you know, negativity, some not, so some of them are quite open, some of them not so brazen, but again, they, then again, I think it depends on who you're dealing with at a particular point in time. Um, so we still have sections of our community that think that, um, having a child with special needs is the, is the parents fault yeah. and i've experienced this myself so this is not i'm not bringing something this to you or something i heard this happened to me this is you first hand this is yeah. me first hand so when my so when when our daughter was initially diagnosed well actually we didn't even have the diagnosis then i was i knew something wasn't right but i wasn't sure what it was so we're basically looking for answers, going for all these appointments and all of that. And I had someone say to me, so initially when we had the first day of diagnosis, they, this is what it could be. And I had somebody close to me say to me something along the lines of, oh, you know, you know, when you were pregnant, you were always working. Oh, and, God. Um, <laughs> okay. I oh, worked my. right up to till like the day yeah i wow. worked i think i started my leave two weeks before i gave birth yeah. I, was, I was just too tired to keep going and it's like oh you you, you went you you know you were just working um maybe you didn't watch your diet you should oh, have yeah. you should have done better with your diet you should have you know stayed home as soon as you know you walked it too late into and i just sat there like is this happening right now so when it's happening, happening. Yeah. in that moment you're not really thinking it's later that you then sit down and say did that person just say this to me i basically caused you know my child's you know disability um and another person they again said to me something along the lines of because i'm a christian and said something to me along the lines of, oh, whatever happens, you've allowed it. I said, how mm-hmm. did I allow it? So because even in the Bible it says that if you don't allow it on ev- in earth, it won't be allowed in heaven, which is completely different context to which that passage of the Bible was written. So basically, you've caused this because you didn't pray enough. Wow. And this is, an, so I don't know. So this is, this is somebody who is, um, an elderly person, and I just started thinking, shall I tell this woman off right now and to ask her never to speak to me, or shall I just carry my bag and go home? I just picked up my child and went home because I thought it's the yeah. easier route. Yeah, in, yeah. in that yeah. moment, I just didn't have the energy yeah. and your mental space. Yeah, I didn't, I just thought, you know what, this conversation is over, I'm going home. 
and that's exactly what I did. So that is, there's still, you know, pockets within our community that think that if, if a child has a disability, something the parents have done to them, or is something that the parents have caused, or is as a result of some spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person of faith, and I find it deeply disappointing. Mm-hmm. Or is something, or is something that um, you haven't instilled discipline in your children, or maybe it's because you haven't um, prayed, you haven't. Um, done what you should have done or something it's just really silly it's silly and it's really sad to hear and i'm I'm even more grateful that you have your group yeah and you have your space for other parents and also yeah and also some some you see how faith groups in the uk and this is not abroad in the uk that things that if you're so they don't support the parents they don't create space Mm. for them to be able to parent their children so mm. they think that they need to pray away that mm. disability. I'm a person of prayer, but I would never, I don't even listen to, you know, conversations yeah. like that. I just mm. move on quickly. Exactly. It's, it's like, yes, if we're going to go down the route of Christianity, there were disabled people in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, if you read it. So you don't then come and, you know, says people you, we just have to pray we just have to accept acceptance yeah. first i said that this person has these complex needs and how can i support them how can yeah. i make space for them and their children and yeah. because of all this negativity some people just it makes them even more withdrawn if it's coming from your own family members or from your church or from your faith group or with people that you surround yourself with and you this is the lens with which they look at you, then it's bound to isolate you because these are the people that you've, these are your people, basically. That's also just about to say, so like when you're talking about childcare, support. These are the people you want to go to? Those are the people you would naturally (laughs) go to and you haven't got that. So just the estrangement. And also for the child, like if that's your aunties, your uncle, your grandparents, you know, having that, connection to your family and the name and the lineage and i um, think some part of it is also pride okay pride right. not in a positive negative pride so there is a good pride of okay. being so proud shame. of who you are mm-hmm. you know and then there's the pride of shame of this can't be happening to us mm-hmm. not in my family it can't yeah. be in my family we can't mm-hmm. uh, you know and people say things to you like you know in our family in our extended family we don't have anybody that's got this oh wow yeah okay now if you think historically how society has dealt with disabled people they've been locked away yeah mm-hmm. so if you think you haven't got people with disability in your family historically it's probably because they weren't allowed to show their faces in public mm-hmm. not because they didn't exist yeah. So people are now confronted with people, with these people who have disabilities, who you can see within society, and they are naturally wanting to reject that. And they're saying, this, we didn't have this, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have this in the days of my grandparents. Number one, nobody cares about your view on this. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. And you did have this. You did and you have did this. have you yeah. did have this, just that they were locked in some institution somewhere or they were yeah. locked, you know, behind closed doors and nobody saw them and they didn't have a chance to they didn't even have a chance at, you know, proper life. Totally, or just even wasn't recognized. It would they just be like this person simply just falls behind yeah, the so, cloud, don't you? So they were there. They zero people have always been on earth. It's just that they weren't included. There was no inclusion. And that's yeah. why nobody knew about them in those days. So that argument, to be honest, is redundant. Mm. Mm. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. Now, Thank having you. said that, mm. there are spaces. There are people who make spaces, you know, for us and our children. That is your chosen family. Yes. Those are the people that you you want around your kids yes. and who love and support you and your children. So it's not all terrible. They are, no. So you just have to make sure that you seek out, you know, those opportunities mm. for every event that's happening. If it's Christmas, if it's Easter, there is somebody, there's an organization somewhere that, uh, uh, you know, that's taking the, the pains to arrange taking the time and putting resources to have a, a, an SEN friendly one, an inclusive, an yeah, inclusive one. So you, part of our job as parents, as families to find the one that works, you know, for your child and yeah. make sure that they're part yeah. of it. So what we do is there is no celebration that goes by that we don't find an SEN version of it, especially this version of it, whether yeah. that's Christmas, I know that's COPE, the um, disability, sorry, SENSE, the disability charity. They do like a special Christmas events where they Santa and everything. They don't have the many flashing lights. Mm. So, and they do food for fam for the, so find your local one, join in, sign up for their newsletters. Um, every Christmas we have a party with there. They have events, you know, everything is, you can see that it's is get towards disabled people so they they can so there are different charities that do amazing amazing things so don't lock yourself at home and say oh you know my child is not going to like it they find the version of what they would like our role is to find to help them find their own place in the world okay it might not be what you know it would be the typical way of doing it but there is always an option yeah. So part of what we want to do, we're trying to do is to find all these good people and have them on a list on our website somewhere so that we can signpost people there to say, this is where you go for Easter. This is where you go at Christmas. This is where this is an SEM friendly version of this and that. And especially black people, we need to get out there. Let's not keep these children at home. Yeah. Go out there without their children, without their young people. Go give them experience of life. There are different things. You might have to travel a little bit further, but I mean, we already have a lot to do anyway. We might as well just add on one more thing to it. <laughs> that give them different experiences. Just see them as children. Find what they love, and then help them to access those services. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. That I want to make that a mantra. That that whole that last speech you just did, 
that just made me smile the whole way through. And I was like, right, I need to get the website. I need to link back to your resources. I need to list your Facebook group. I think it's brilliant. I think that's, that's definitely our mission as parents anyway. Find what interests your children. Find, find what your children are passionate about and how they learn and how they take in information. Mm. Find that. But, but how you said that's our job as parents, that's our mission, I think I couldn't agree more. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant you. what you're doing. Really, and really I am, have no doubt it's supporting so many people. And with that support, with that space that you're offering for parents, for mothers, for carers, fathers, you just don't know what that's creating. You know, just that little bit of recognition, the validation, the the safe space, what it does for people. I just yeah. can imagine the power of it. So well done with everything else you're doing just well thank done. you can yeah. i just say on the question of, of fathers that you've touched on there as well yeah. we're also creating a safe space for daddies that's great that's stepdads granddads mm-hmm. uncles because mm-hmm. there is this myth that you know black fathers are not involved i don't agree mm. with that mm. okay i don't agree with that i just think that support looks different to different genders mm. so usually when you say special needs caring the first thing you think about is the moms we're not just about the moms we're for the dads as well and some of the moms some of the dads i'm not saying so some of the dads their role i think the way men process things is different from the way we women process and and i know i'm generalizing here is that some of them are probably the ones working Mm -hmm. okay to ensure that you know, well, the, light, to, the light's yeah. still on yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Someone, uh, has to do that. Yeah. someone has to do that. So that role is no less important than the person that's changing the, you know, the nappies, you know, taking the child for appointments and all of that. When I go for appointments, I still see special needs dads there, but I just think that black dads are also doing a great work. We yeah. just yeah. need to make sure that we hold that space for them as well. Totally. We have us, we have, a, we've, we've, just formed a group as well that's just for dads and we're hoping that that would grow as well kenny is dealing with that side of things is to make sure that when they come in it's it's not just a room full of moms Mm -hmm. it's dads as well and they can have their own space where they can bond you know together as well and they can talk about what they talk about whatever that is and they don't need me listening in i mean although i might sometimes but (laughs) they they can do whatever they do and they can process it in their own way and it is a space where they don't have to you know be macho all the time and show Mm. that they're in charge they can just relax and just be with other dads as well i love that and i think that's that's another thing probably within us, I think, especially within the black community, probably another podcast, just how, you know, we deal with emotion, how our men deal with emotion, how they're told to deal with emotion and, you know, how they deal with things and and that being different. So it's, it's great that you've got, you know, a space for them to just be open um, and be able to talk about um, things in a safe space. Yeah. And for them to come to a place of acceptance, some of them mm. also struggle. Mm. Um, some of them still struggle with the old, you know, additional needs thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because of the way society is, what they might have heard outside. Um, but it's just for them to put all of that aside and say, okay, you know, 
that's that but this is my child in front of me now yeah what how do I bond with this child that I have not the one I want not the one I would I hope it would be but the one that I've got here right now yeah thank you Tutu that you yeah so much information and answered all my questions and I thank you thank you for just just yeah really really taking the time and everything you're doing with the group yeah. I'm going to put links of everything so people can find you, find the Facebook yeah, group. Thank you. Come on, find us. I was just going to say, just one thing that I wanted to, that, that sort of really stuck out for me, um, Tutu, is just when you said, you know, take your children out there and have them, you know, experience life as well. And that really just made me smile. And I think that, yeah. you know, this, it, it just really challenges our perception, I think, you know, within our community, but even broader than that, our perception of just normal, you know, and what we think is normal. But every, you know, everyone is, you know, normal in their own way. Everyone is different yeah. and normal in their own way and able to, you know, do things in their own way, in their own space. But allowing everyone, regardless of what additional abilities um, you have or what special needs you have, to be able to experience things to be able to experience life and then figure out their own way. Like even the example you gave of your daughter, you know, sort of wanting to do things because she could see your son doing them, that determination and that, you know, that wants to to do things, that will, you know, that's things that's going to continue. And then you'll find that she forms into this, this, you know, whole character that, you know, she might not have been if you'd kept her at home. So I just, I I love that. And that really just made me smile. And I think that that's something that, you know, we really can just help to to share and help to just, just, you know, make other people aware of as well that, you know, we should be, we should be doing that. Just making sure that everyone is, you know, everyone's out, everyone's, you know, accepting, everyone is experiencing um, because it can, it can do a lot. Yeah. Just that inclusion um, oh. is very important. And if there's one more thing I can add is if you're, uh, if you have a family member who's raising, you know, a child with additional needs or a young person with additional needs, and you feel like you, you're a bit helpless when it comes to them, because sometimes I don't think people are staying away because they don't want to help. I think sometimes they just feel helpless. They mm. feel like I can't really help. I don't really know how to help. I don't know where I come in. Um, first place first thing for you to do i would say is do your research Mm. okay if you have a friend who has a child or your family or however you're related to them find out what the child's condition is do your own research independently find out what is this condition how does how is it presented what kind of challenges do they face then approach the parent they will be so grateful for that's what you've done you know that you've taken an interest in their child because most of these parents feel like people don't see them and people don't see their children so take the time to educate yourself on what the child's condition is Mm -hmm. ask for more so don't just go to the parent and say what has your child gone or what's wrong with your child people've asked me Mm -hmm. that and i said nothing 
no, there's nothing wrong with that because I just didn't like the question. Mm. Um, so do your research, find out, you know, a little bit more about the condition, then approach the parent and say, this is what I, I found out. Um, how does this relate to, I don't know, your child's? And then from there, they will begin to open up to you because they can see that you've actually shown an interest mm. and then help them out. You might think that something very little might be inviting them out for coffee. That might cost you, I don't know, £2.50. But to them, that's huge because that's the time that they get to just be normal. Mm -hmm. Invite them out for coffee. Invite them out for a meal. They might say no because sometimes we've got so many appointments. We haven't actually got space to breathe. Mm -hmm. Invite them again. Don't let that be. Don't take that no to be you know, the no, be show yeah. that you are interested in them and say, is it better for me to come and see you? Don't worry about cleaning before I come. It's okay. I'm not coming for a house. <laughs> I'm not coming for a house inspection. I'm just coming to say, so buy that coffee, go to their house, sit with them, spend time with them. That social isolation, I can't stress, you know, is real. Go and yeah. do some, so you might not be able to change their situation. Um, and I don't think there's an expectation that you should, but be their friends in mm -hmm. truth and reach out to them. Don't say, oh, this person never calls anyone. No, they've got they've got 15 appointments, okay? Calling you is probably the last thing mm -hmm. that they need, but they would remember that act of kindness that you've done for them and they'll be really grateful for it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, I, I could, I could carry, I think could easily do another podcast or two. I think it's, I think it's so great what you're doing. Just great to have the conversation and just thanking you so much for being so generous with your time and yeah. your, your experience, your life. So yeah. I appreciate, you know, it's, um, it's your life that we're talking about. So mm. I thank you. Thank, thank you, you too for, for inviting me. Um, I feel like I, I've made it now. I'm gonna come on Dope Black <laughs> because I've been, so we've been following the Dope Black brand for quite a while with okay. Marvin and all of that. And yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. these guys are so cool. So when I got that message, I'll say to Kenny, "That's it. I've made it now. You know, I'm, right now. <laughs> I've made it. I'm now a dope, I'm now a dope black moms. I'm I've made it. I'm a celebrity." And oh, he just we yes just had a are. good we just are. had a good no, laugh about it. But I just want to say thank you to you, obviously, generosity of your time and also for what you're doing, uh, you know, for our community. I'm really grateful. I really have huge, huge, massive respect for you and a lot of admiration as well, you know, mm -hmm. for your platform. So I just want to say thank you. So very yeah. much appreciated. Gratefully received. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I think we need to do it again sometime. Definitely. No worries. <laughs> Dope Black Mums. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.